This episode of That Niku Mum is proudly sponsored by The Thrifting Den. If you want premium branded baby and kids clothing, then look no further. The Thrifting Den is your one-stop thrift and consignment shop. Get premium brands for pre-loved prices. Shop now at www.thethriftingden.com. Hello everyone, welcome to That Niku Mum, a podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand parents who have had a baby in a neonatal unit across the country. We have another um, quite heavy episode today. It is another story including um, infant loss. So if you, this is your trigger warning, if you are not um, in the right place to be listening to this, then maybe give this episode a skip um because obviously it can get quite quite heavy and quite upsetting so today we are speaking with Jamie who had twin boys Arthur and Jethro um they were quite high risk in terms of twins um quite a high risk pregnancy at 27 weeks they found out that Arthur his heart had stopped beating and he had passed away in utero and that same day they had to deliver Jethro so 27 weeks is obviously quite early um so it was very touch and go for Jethro they were dealing with that while also mourning the loss of Arthur um and Jethro ended up spending three-ish months in the hospital in between Auckland and Waikato NICU so um yeah uh, obviously a very devastating story it's awful whenever someone loses a baby but I feel like there's a whole other layer of it um when it's one of your multiples because you've still got to go through the motions with your surviving baby or babies um especially when Nika was thrown in the mix because that's obviously a really rough time as well so I will let Jamie tell us a little bit more about um their journey and about Arthur and Jethro and yeah um let's get into it but do you want to start off um, just kind of introducing yourself and your family and the start of your, your journey and your situation? I know it's um, a difficult one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So my name's Jamie. Um, my husband's Hayes. And our kids are Jethro and Arthur. And unfortunately, we lost Arthur. Um, but obviously, we're going to get into that. Um, so we... I'm like, how do we briefly do this? Uh, just start we, at the beginning. Start back when you got pregnant. Just talk us way through that. Then. Okay. Um, gosh. Um, initially, we weren't trying necessarily. Like we, well, I mean, like we we're like, we'll just see what happens. We weren't like actively I think trying. That's the secret recipe for twins because we were the same. We were you like, twins? yeah, we've got DCDA twins. And we were like, you know, like, we're not going to try, but we're not going to prevent. And then we we're like, bam, pregnant. And then it was like, bam, twins. Wild. Absolutely wild. I, I don't know about you, but I had a feeling that it was twins before we found out. I had no idea. You didn't? No. no. I, for, I, for me, it was purely because um, I had no morning sickness, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it just hit like a ton of bricks. Mm. And I was like, this doesn't seem normal. Surely it would be like, Hmm. wouldn't it be like a slow gradual thing not just like you find one day and the next you're like on the floor yeah. in the bathroom you know every other minute 
anyway, um, yeah, so we found out we were pregnant. We got to tell everyone over Christmas, which was really cool. Um, prior to that, we had had one miscarriage, like really early, early miscarriage. So it wasn't, it didn't feel heartbreaking. It was just kind of like, oh, that's gutting. Um, yeah, and then we, gosh, we went to obviously our first appointment, which was at like the 10-week mark. Mm-hmm. And, oh gosh, I remember it so clearly. We obviously you have to like, you know, store up on fluids and they tell you to do that. And so I was busting. So we got into the room, they like started doing the scan. We we're like, oh yeah, that looks cool, but it doesn't look like much. It was like a bean, like, you know? Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, cool. And she was like, you know what? Actually go to the bathroom and then like, we'll see if we can get a clearer picture. Went to the bathroom, came back. And I was like, oh yeah. And she's just like, I think I mentioned, oh yeah, I've been thinking like maybe it was twins because of this. And she's just like, oh wow. Funny that. <laughs> These two in there. I was just like. <laughs> but you like knew, but you're like, so are you kidding me? Like, is this a joke? Yeah. Well, I'm punked. It's Ashton Kutcher yeah. kind of like jump out from over there am I allowed to swear yes yes I, I was literally like my husband was right there she was like he was I was just like are you fucking serious <laughs> um so that was fun we we're in shell-shocked for a couple of for the rest of the day um got to tell so we kind of got like three different um reveals you know we got to tell people we're pregnant got to tell people as twins and then got to tell people as boys yeah as well um so that was cool and then it just put everything into overdrive because we were like okay cool like this means that they're probably going to come earlier and like what does this mean for us and financially um so the next few months after that were just absolutely crazy um what sort of twins were they so they're mcma so they're really really high risk yes very high risk so we found that out um obviously you probably did it yourself like went to the uh, fetal medicine unit up in Auckland mm-hmm. did you have to do that yeah no, no we didn't because ours were oh, no? the low risk twins right of course. yeah um so we had to do that and we got I didn't I'd actually been warned because I used to nanny for twins um and so that mum was like oh you, by the way you might get called up to Auckland to do this thing but she was like oh but it's fine like you do it once and then they'll transfer you to Waikato <laughs> uh, we went and they you know did the scan and they were all lovely and then they went and sat us in a room and then they were like okay so these are really high risk twins it could mean this it could mean that it could mean one or both of them die mm. and so we got that from very early on mm. and it was a lot as you can imagine um and also just like financially we were because they also told us at that point that I would have to be admitted into Auckland City Hospital from 26 weeks mm. yeah um so that was fun uh and I honestly I kind of thought it was overkill but you know gonna to listen to the the people that know better than you yeah um, but you feel like that's only just over halfway through your pregnancy you're like nah you know yeah exactly your first first pregnancy or you know your first like viable pregnancy and you're like nah 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 they're being nah (laughs) I was convinced that my twins were gonna come like overdue and would have to be like c-section because they wouldn't come and then that 32 weeks (laughs) oh man naivety yeah you're just like that's not gonna happen to me it's not gonna Mm -hmm. oh it's so is 
you're always thinking like, oh yeah, you hear this stuff, but that won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> that won't happen yeah. to me. Oh yeah. Um gosh, then what happened? Then we so we went into yeah, we're a bit shocked by that, but we're like, okay, we can do this. Um and then Oh gosh, uh, actually part of the story is completely unrelated to the pregnancy. When I, I think it was after that, was it before or after? No, it was just before that appointment up in Auckland. Um, I was at work and I got a call from a random number and it was someone being like, so your husband's fine. <laughs> and I was like, what's good? What? And they're like, uh, he's just been in a bit of a car accident. Oh my God um so that was oh god no I remember now it was like the Wednesday and then we found we went to Auckland on the Monday so the Wednesday beforehand thankfully I was close like I was working in Hamilton I, I worked as a school photographer so I was like all the over the show a lot yeah. of the time but I was in Hamilton when this happened and I I was like okay well can I talk to him and she was like yeah, yeah it's fine and I was just like are you okay and he's like yeah no I'm fine like like they've called the ambulance but like I'll, I'll be fine um like you know I'll see you at the hospital I was like well okay if you're fine then I'll keep working for a bit and then I'll come and see yeah, you yeah. then um but I think they I think Hayes was worried that that this woman would stress me out and that I'd be like oh my gosh okay um because he told her that I was pregnant um so then when I did eventually get there he was in like a neck brace and they were like he might have had a spinal injury oh my and he got God. like got to resus and all this sort of stuff and then I find so then I was freaking out but then I also find out that the reason he crashed his car or his van he'd rolled like he'd fully like tipped it onto his side was a bug was flying around oh my <laughs> God <laughs> is that not a typical man thing like of all the things to be distracted by while driving a tiny little bug honestly and I felt so vindicated because for the past couple of years I once spun out my car because of a bug yeah it was fine like I didn't hurt myself or anything but I you know yeah I accidentally spun out my car and he used to give me so much shit for it and now he cannot say a word because he like broke some ribs why do they always have to do it it's not a competition it's not but it is and I would (laughs) um yeah so that was fun so we went to the Auckland hospital with him in a neck brace um (laughs) thankfully his it was fine they didn't tell him that he had also broken some ribs um that's a whole that was a whole nother thing um and because of that he was off work for a couple of months and then when he finally could go back to work his boss actually didn't have any work for him like he was a contractor building contractor um so as we're dealing with all this pregnancy stuff and trying to sort out our life he's also off work and then you know because he wasn't earning as much on ACC like we're dipping into his tax fund you know because he had like a massive tax um thing yeah you know we're in dire situation and then you just think it can't get any worse and then it does um so the you know when I get up to Auckland at that 26 week mark um I was only there for five days before the boys came um 
thinking, you know, I fully anticipated that I could be there. They wanted to get me to the 34-week mark. They didn't want me to surpass that. And so there are a whole bunch of things in place where it was like, you know, if you if we can get you to like 32 weeks, then we'll transfer you down to Waikato and then you could have like the C-section down there. But we want to have you here, so we're monitoring you all the time. Um, so they I was... Had, they had warned you you were going to be having a C-section? Yeah. How did you feel yeah. about that? Obviously, it's it was kind of nice having the decision taken away from me. Mm. I had we had so much else going on that actually I really appreciated that some things were out of my control. Mm. Um, that I, yeah, I just got told, and it's the same for any future. I'm pretty sure. Oh, they've said that they I might be able to attempt a um like an vaginal birth at some point in the future, um because it has healed really well, but they're like it'll definitely be in the hospital again like because of your history so it's frustrating like I know at the in that pregnancy it obviously was what was best for you but it's frustrating that it means for every future pregnancy you don't get the choice that other birthing people get so you know at home or birth in a water like have a water birth and that's what's frustrating about kind of thing yeah and I do worry about the future of like how triggering it might be mm. if I get pregnant and how that happens. anyway um gosh uh where were we up in the up in the hospital um and then so yeah I'm up there I the first night I'm there I get transferred into the like and I get admitted and I have one other roommate and middle of the night like I hear her like breathing deeply and just like I hear she's awake and she's on the phone and stuff and I'm like are you are you all right and she's like oh you know I'm just like feeling a bit like I'm not feeling great I was like have you have you called the nurse and she's like oh no no I don't want to disturb them I'm like we are in the hospital you're allowed that's their job that's why you're here that's why you're here I hadn't even met her yet like because I was in late at night yeah. so I hadn't I never actually even got to meet her properly it was yeah. just like behind the curtain um so she got rushed off to the library um immediately and then I think I had another roommate that I only got to see for like a day uh, I got I moved to like the the window which was nice I, because they were like oh you might be in here for weeks so I moved to the window um and then, yeah, I think I had one other girl that also went into labor, like it's the same day or the day after. <laughs> and then I had a girl um, come in and her name was Kat. And she's like, we only knew each other for what, five days, like in the same room or even less. But we got to know each other very well, very quickly because we had all that time. She was also having twin boys. She was in because of... Um, Actually, maybe I shouldn't divulge information about her pregnancy without her permission. But anyway, she was great. Like, we got along really well. Um, And then she went into labor the day before I had everything happen. Um, And so it was really nice. Like, I just, I honestly, I kind of miss the people that I met up there. Mm. You know, like, I only was up there for those five days and then nine days afterwards before I got moved down to Waikato but they were there during like one of no the hardest period of my life and I'm so grateful to all the midwives and 
nurses and staff and people that were there for me during that time because I was away from yeah everyone that I knew um yeah gosh it was wild um yeah and then what happened then we um so when I was up there I was getting three Dopplers two or three Dopplers a day where they're like they've got the sticks on you and they're yeah, trying to get the two different heartbeats and but they the doctors had requested that we do that for an hour yeah each time most people they only need like a 15 minute clear read and it's all good they'd requested an hour so an hour that clear was, read uh an hour no total. oh i think they wanted you to at least, at least attempt for an hour but sometimes it would be to like an hour and a half and making sure that there were at least a couple of good clear reads yeah yeah during that time but that was they want an hour clary that can take all day yeah it was ridiculous um and that was three times a day and yeah. so I got to yeah know the midwife that would come and sit with me and help me hold them to my stomach very well um would have some really good chats and then it was I think it was two or three times a week I was also getting ultrasounds down the hall um so yeah on the fateful day uh it was a Friday so I'd been admitted on the Sunday so it's Friday following um we we're trying to do the morning Doppler and we weren't getting the clearest read but like I was booked in for an ultrasound at 11 o'clock and so they were like you know what that's fine you just go to your ultrasound like they'll be able to check on them anyway and there and then we'll just get the next one later on so I wandered down there and I'm just chatting with the ultrasound Oh, the sonographer and she's getting all the readings and it's all fine and then she gets to the last one and I can't remember what it was anymore but um she can't get the reading anymore and she's just like oh that's weird like I'll, I'll go find someone else maybe they can do it she goes and gets another sonographer they can't get it either then she, this third person goes and gets a like a senior person and she comes in and she's just like oh um lie on your side and so I was like okay so I lie on my side and looking up at the screen and I'm like I know what I'm supposed to be seeing here <laughs> and I know that there's no heartbeat there and so I knew before she even said anything and I just went into shock as you can imagine um she said that she it was a blur like the next half an hour was a blur but I remember I didn't start crying until a few minutes later because I was just in such shock we went over to the um to one of the receptions to like let them know and be like okay something needs to happen like we need to get her get doctors talking and figuring out what we're gonna do um and then I walked went over to I think I was walking back to the the unit when I was like I need to call my husband like you know I need to I need to call him and so I called him first to let him know and I just that's when I broke down and I was just like we've lost one um like get your you know get yourself up here he'd already been planning on coming up on the weekend anyway but um yeah and I just started bawling and then I called my one of my best mates um who lived in Auckland because most people we're too far away but I was like I just need someone like can you please come and be here um 
yeah and then I just cried for I don't know how long while and some of the nurses that had been like gotten to know me over the past couple of days came and sat with me one of them came and sat with me and was just holding me and letting me cry um and beforehand I'd mentioned that I'd wanted a shower and I hadn't managed to get one because the shower wasn't working in our room and she she was like you know go have your shower because it sounds the doctors came in and they explained that we're going to uh, um we're going to be monitoring Jethro constantly but we didn't know the name yet but we're going to be monitoring him constantly um for a 24-hour period just to keep an eye on him and see if like Arthur's death was affecting him um so they were like you know we'll bring everything we're going to put you in like a what is it like a pre-delivery room or I think it was a delivery room but they knew that I'd be in a c-section like if it came to that but like at anyway. Waikato, I think it's the women's assessment unit and it's like where you go to get assessed before you go down to delivery or wherever you're going. Yeah, I don't know what it was in what, at Auckland though. Um, but yeah, um, so we went, I went and had a shower and it just felt like so bizarre to be having a shower, but they were like, you're going to be in there for 24 hours if you want to have a shower, like just quickly go do it. Um so when did that, they helped me pack up all my stuff because they were like, just in case you don't end up coming back into this room. Um, and then got moved to the other room and then there were nurses around all the time. There was, um, oh, thank goodness, there was a one of the up in Auckland and I think they probably have it at Waikato and other places too, but they have like your on staff midwives. Um so you're not like designated a specific midwife beforehand you just kind of whoever's on staff at the time thankfully um a midwife called Mooney was there and she like so she was on call that day and I think she might have actually she, she was a fetal medicine midwife so technically she wasn't even didn't have anything to do with me but she found out what had happened and so she came and she um I'd met her a couple of times prior and we really clicked and we really got along and so it was really nice having a familiar face come and sit with me um before my friend got there and then they were both there for the next I don't even know how long it was I think it was 11 o'clock and then I think they were born at like 2 30 um so it was super quick um so I was in this room and I was getting like injected with a whole bunch of different stuff and uh Mooney and my friend Rachel were just like trying to like Rachel was uh she's a paramedic student so she was just kind of like trying to keep me she's going into crisis she was just trying to keep me like laughing and keep me happy and from falling into despair um and they were all so great like um uh, we actually did a an interview with uh the paper uh eight months ago now um and I remember the fetal medicine contacted us and we're like, thank you so much. Like you said such nice things about us, you know, even though your circumstance was awful, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah. So we were in there and they wouldn't let me look at the monitors because obviously by that point I knew what I was looking at and I knew how to read them. Um, So they had that turned away from me and they were just like, had someone sitting there watching the monitor constantly. And I doctors were coming in and out and being like okay this might happen this might happen this is what we're planning 
and then I think what happened, but they didn't tell me, I think what happened is um, Jethro's heart stopped as well. And so then it was just running. It was, okay, we're going into delivery now and running down the hallways. And like, that was, it was terrifying. Was your husband there? Did he make it by that point? No, no, he hadn't made it. Um, You know, it was like, get out the way, like crashing doors. Like I just closed my eyes. I'm a Christian. So I was just like, well, please at least save, at least save this one. Like at least let this one get through. Um, that's all I could hold on to and Mooney was able to go into the delivery room with me so she was just like talking in my ear the whole time and I can't remember exactly what she was saying but it was really comforting because um, it was terrifying and you know they quickly were like okay so you know we're gonna put you under and then they'll be out in like a minute you know like they'll be out super quick um, and yeah I didn't know at that point but afterwards I found out that it took them 20 minutes to resuscitate Jethro um yeah but thankfully they did because you know otherwise we would have lost them both um so I was very glad to be under for that because by that point I was in panic mode um I came to and Rachel was still there and my husband was finally there and I found out that Mooney had gone and found him in the hospital wherever he was um and brought him to me and we had um you know we chatted and they were like what are their names and we'd already decided on names but we were kind of like well who do we name what you know like how do you make that decision but um in my mind I'd always kind of considered twin A to be Arthur because A um and that's the one our twin B is Bo and that was what I had when I was pregnant I was just like I don't know why it was just heaps of yeah it just works um and but like Arthur is the one that we lost and so I was like and it sucks because that was the actually the first name we chose like we really loved Arthur from the beginning Jethro didn't come until far later um but I was just like it just it feels weird like that's always that in my mind that was the him and so I was talking to um another mum on one of my other episodes and she was saying like when her baby had passed away she was like I don't know do I name him the name that I'd always chosen for him or do I name him something else so I can use that name for a baby that's going to be living like I can't even imagine having to make that decision of what you call Mm -hmm. the baby that you've carried for so long and didn't really get to meet I haven't even said it yet but I'm so sorry for your loss it's I can't even I can't even imagine how awful that must have been for you yeah it wasn't fun yeah. don't recommend it no zero out of ten zero, zero out of ten do not recommend would not return <laughs> please return um if you don't laugh you yeah. cry right oh, honestly there's a lot of black humor <laughs> we have good sense of humor there's a lot of black humor all right so we did a funeral and <laughs> and a friend of ours is a comedian and so he was like do you do you have the capacity for a dark joke? And we're like, yeah, go on. And we'd we'd done the thing at the funeral where like people can put rosemary on the thing, and we got him cremated. And um, he was just like, so I thought you put the rosemary on like before or like after you, you know, like I thought you put the the stuff on after you put them in, <laughs> like a garnish. <laughs> uh, oh, but you need like you 
you'd need the humor because yeah. otherwise you just cry all the time yeah. um yeah anyway um how was it after you woke up like did you get to be with Arthur did you go and meet Jethro we got to meet Arthur first um so he I'll send you pictures um but he was purple because so what had happened what we found out had happened is one of the things you probably have heard of at least is like twin to twin transfusion and because both of their growths had been fine they hadn't thought it was that they didn't think like they knew it was a risk but they didn't think that they had it if that makes sense um the biggest issue the the thing that they were most concerned about was cord entanglement mm-hmm. and i used to explain to people that that's when you know it's like when you had your old headphones with the cords and you put them in your pocket and they just get all tangled up i was like that's their, but it's their lifeline <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so they were most worried about that, but actually in the end, what happened is um, when after the, we, and we didn't actually look into it, we didn't find out exactly why Arthur's heart stopped, because we were like, it was a high-risk pregnancy. It was probably one of the things that, you know, but we didn't like the idea of him getting cut up and yeah, looked, in, yeah. looked into it. And we we're like, it's not going to change anything, <laughs> ultimately. Um, but what happened is when his heart stopped beating, Jethro's kept beating and it's kind of like a valve they were kind of almost sharing the same blood and or at least that's how I had explained to me and so when Arthur's heart stopped Jethro's kept pumping blood into him so it meant that uh, Arthur had all the blood but he wasn't pumping it back right so Jethro was essentially the donor twin the TTTS yeah wasn't getting anything in return exactly um yeah so he I mean when he was born they had to do like it was like 120 mil like blood transfusion a lot. I think which is a lot when you're you know I think it's about that yeah um how big were they at birth so because he had all the blood Arthur was heavier he was like 1.1 kgs oh, that's good size. And, and Jethro was 920 grams. Good sizes though. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, but he was anemic, like he had no blood, <laughs> nearly no blood. Um, so they had to pump a whole bunch of blood back into him, get his heart going again. Um, met Arthur first and then got wheeled over to meet Jethro and he was already in the incubator and your level three NICU up at Auckland. Um, someone had already put like, Arthur in this nice little like you know in some clothes and like a beanie and and stuff um but he was purple like he was it was a grim sight to see and actually it was interesting because then as it went on as I was still on the like postpartum on the unit um you could call to like have him brought into you and as time went on he actually like got less purple like he looked more like a baby and you know so it was um then eventually like people would be like oh you know when we eventually took him to the funeral home um on the last day we saw him she was like oh you know like he might look a bit like he's looking worse and I was just like you don't know what he looked like on the day we saw him like like this looks fine (laughs) and he's fine um yeah so we got to 
take him no we got to go meet Jethro he was still in the incubator he was doing well um they but they did the doctor tried to talk to us about um DNRs for him like then right then and I was just it was the one thing like I'm super grateful it was the guy that saved his life so like I'm super grateful for him but I was also like seriously dude yeah right now yeah you're trying to talk to me about dnrs for my i've even even met this kid yet yeah yeah and i know they're doing their job um but to them it's just a formality but to you it's not that's your child and you've just lost his twin do you like read the room read the room read the room (laughs) like this this has to happen right now yeah can we not just wait Um, a little bit like or you know not do this at all ever yeah not do it at all do we have to do we have to talk about that even no um because they were worried it's because they were worried about brain damage um so then that became the new stress was they weren't allowed to do a brain scan until five days old and so there was five days where we were in limbo of like okay he's doing fine everyone's saying he's doing really well like he was on CPAP like before 24 hours like they were like we had him on the ventilator but he was fine so we put him on CPAP um and obviously I didn't know any of these terms at the time so I was it like sucks okay. that you know them now, eh? uh-huh yep um and yeah it was it was just a roller coaster um getting to meet all those old people and having a million conversations with people and the day after like our families came up and I was unable to I felt so terrible like I was on still on a morphine drip and I wanted to get down it was only like down the corridor like it's a real long corridor but it was just down the corridor and I wanted to get down to introduce him like Jethro to my mum because you're only allowed two people visiting like in the room at a time and one of them had to be a partner Mm. oh like one of them had to be a parent and so I got haze to like wheel me down this corridor and I felt ill I remember like I went over a little bump you know like just one of those like door stop thingies um and I felt ill but I got down there got to introduce mum to him but then I was like I can't do that like I need to go back to the room I need to go sleep so Hayes I think he said he did 20 trips like during visiting hours everyone waited out and he would walk someone in and back out and then and back out like because and, but it was fair enough because we were all terrified that we were going to lose him too. So everyone just wanted to at least get the chance to meet him. Even though we didn't say that out loud, we were all thinking, well, I was thinking it. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a roller coaster. We, but I was also like blown away with people's kindness and generosity and the charities we got to be in contact with. Like there was Heartfelt, which was a, um, they're photographers and they come in and take professional photos and so we got some photos with like we actually got Arthur brought in and so we've got a photo of them like Arthur in the incubator with Jethro um and just us holding them both at, well holding with Jethro we couldn't get him out of the incubator at that point but like holding Arthur and holding just in the room um we got meals given to us by like a church that was nearby we got um baby loss which is like have you heard of them yeah yeah um but Sarah was like incredible and she came in and did the like the hand and foot castings and 
it was just like I was just blown away with how supported I felt yeah. by all these strangers and it's all stuff you know? that you don't really want to have to think about organizing because you're first of all you're mourning Arthur but you're also shit scared about Jethro and you're trying to tear yourself between them and you don't have time to book someone in to come and take a photo of you guys all together you're not even thinking about that so to have those provided without even you having to ask is incredible and and like I wouldn't ever have thought to ask for something like that you know like I never would have thought anything like that existed and so um I think it was the social worker maybe that organized that but it was it was so great um yeah no it was it was tough but it was really good and then I think um Mooney the the midwife I was talking about earlier I think she had a friend on the unit like that was one of the nurses looking after me and I think what happened is they talked and they were like she was like this this girl in particular has had a really rough time like be really nice to her and so this nurse Katie she was the one that came and actually sat with us while um baby loss was there and she just like you know she was the first person to help me like try and express and all this sort of stuff and so like the two of them I really need to catch up with them I, re- I want to make a visit up to Auckland to go get them to meet Jethro now that he's a happy big boy um yeah it was um it was incredible and so felt so loved and so cared for even though it was like such a hard time um yeah and then what happened then we I got discharged and we're in oh god oh man and then we got moved down to Ronald McDonald and they were like look we're probably not going to be able to transfer Jethro up for another couple of weeks and so we're planning for that we're like okay we're gonna I'm gonna be at Ronald McDonald for a while Hayes is probably gonna have to go back to work yeah um and then so I got discharged on the Monday that we were making these plans. I started putting stuff in the drawers, like in the Ron McDonald house, because I was like, we're going to be here for a while. And then the Tuesday morning, they were like, so actually we think that we could probably transfer him, him like this week, like maybe tomorrow. And I was like, sorry, what? Why are they like, always you know? so like, all of a sudden, they're just like, hey, you can go home today. Hey, we're transferring you. Hey, this is happening. And you're just like, can I just have a minute to process, please? And you don't get that minute ever. <laughs> you don't get that minute. Um, yeah, and so it was, I think it was Monday. Uh, yeah, so on the Tuesday, like, we might even be able to transfer him on Wednesday or Thursday. And we're like, okay, then. Um, okay. You know, because we're like, we'll, we'll do a uh, helicopter transfer. And I think it was because tu- on Tuesday they did the brain scan and then it came back all right. So that was, like, awesome. Yeah. Like, no, well, they saw, like, no major brain bleeds or anything like super concerning um and then it was touch and go for the next few days we eventually like did get transferred down on the Sunday so it was only we're in he was nine days old when he went in a helicopter which is fun because it meant that he was in a helicopter long before he was ever in a car um and yeah it was just like is it gonna happen today is it not and then having to constantly rearrange plans and be like because we also had to think about how we we're going to get Arthur down yeah. to down to Hamilton, and so it ended up being Hayes went in the helicopter with Jethro, and then I got my friend Rachel to come pick me up from the morgue. Like she went, oh, she first went to Ronald McDonald House to like pick up all of our stuff and like 
get it all into the car. And Ron McDonald and the past were awesome. Like they were, they helped her pack everything, <laughs> like yeah. pack out my room because I was still up in on the unit and I was like, you know, I still had a C-section. Yeah. So I, that was fun. I was trying to carry stuff and I shouldn't be. Um, so I met her down at the morgue and then we had to pick her up, him up and like get an official thing being like this, you know, they this isn't a dead body that like, you know, this isn't some we random dead body. baby is dead. Yeah, it was wild. Like I would never have thought of that needing to be paperwork that you need. No. But if you were pulled over by a cop. I suppose it would be a bit dodgy, wouldn't it? And you're like, this is my baby and he died. And they're like, mm, um yeah it was it was a wild time um just constantly on your toes yeah constantly rearranging plans because i'd be like okay we're gonna no we're not gonna leave this day uh no the weather's too bad like we can't the helicopter can't fly today or oh the helicopter can fly today but they've actually got a whole bunch of like rescue missions that they've got to do so you know it just kept kind of getting pushed back which is fine but it was just wild um and then when we did finally get down there I was (laughs) I got there before like I was in Hamilton before they'd even left like and so I was like are they even coming back down today or am I gonna have to like drive Drive back back up um and all through that as well like we'd had to contact a funeral home to like find somewhere to take Arthur so that was something that you never think you're gonna have to do um and then when we finally got down there um oh no when Hayes finally arrived with the thing my oh gosh sorry words um we told them that they were planning on leaving at a certain time and being there by a certain time yeah but that had gone to the family group chat and so when I got there Hayes's entire extended family was there like with all the nieces and nephews like all these under under sixes they are um, out on the unit they're just chilling there well because that was the only chance they'd get to see him yeah you know because like on the coming out of the helicopter but they'd been there for hours because the thing Play. kept getting pushed back um so when I got there they'd all been there for ages already and then they finally flew in and oh my niece bless her soul I think she was two or three how old is she um she was just like so like she she was just real blunt she was just like so baby Arthur died <laughs> you know or like I'm like it's just like pure toddler energy yeah, yeah. Abs- like just asking these really which is great like I'm glad that they her parents had been straight with her but I was like you don't know what you're <laughs> you're talking about kid um went up to the thing and then yeah settled into Waikato and then we were trying to plan we decided to have like a proper funeral because it felt right I think I know a lot of people when they have stillborns they'll often have like a private thing at home and they'll just invite family but I think because of Jethro we just felt like we wanted to have something and so many people really felt for us and felt for him and wanted to be there and it was like there was a lot of people like we held it at our church and a lot of people showed up which was really lovely um you know getting to share that with them and we oh gosh my friend the week before we'd done some pregnancy photos 
and she had she only got to show them to us she came she was working in Auckland and so she actually visited me when we were still in the Auckland hospital and she was like so I know that a lot's happened but I've got your pregnancy shoot photos and so I got to see them there and then we got to show them for the first time like to people at the funeral which felt weird but nice um and we also put up a couple of like baby loss photos other heartfelt photos and um it's I mean it's kind of a blur to be honest someone did film it but I haven't had the stomach to like go back and watch it um and Hayes built the coffin um because he's a builder you know it wasn't much bigger than a shoebox to be honest but um it was like open like we had it open so people could see him um because a lot of people hadn't yet yeah um I feel like I'm missing so many details. It was such a such a wild ride. And I feel like I've still been talking your ear off, even though I'm like skipping over so much stuff. But um yeah. And then things settled. And then, you know, Waikato Niku was great. Got to know the nurses very well. Um, really missed them. Actually got like a he's gotten he's nine months on Monday nine months old and so he's got like a an appointment with them in the next month or so like up at at paid um sorry in the peds ward yeah yeah um so the plan is to go up and see them and say hi and let them hold him um and after like how soul crushing all that was everything else just kind of pales in comparison you know, like we made some friends up in the NICU. Um, and it was like because Jethro, the only reason he was there was because Arthur died, you know, otherwise he didn't have really any complications apart from he had, he was low on iron for quite a while. He had low hemoglobin, hemoglobin levels. Um, so they had to give him a couple more blood transfusions. But that's about it. Like, and then he was just on the CPAP for quite a lot, of, quite a while, just and on cool. oxygen. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we got to see, made friends with some people that they, their boy was in, ultimately was in NICU for six months, and then they were in PEDS for another month or two. Um, and as far as I know, he's still on breathing support and like NG tube to be fed um so it's just like even though we went through hell it's like at least it stopped you know like at least the like we didn't have to worry about Jethro's health like the more he grew and the more confident he got like we got yeah it just settled um so having to get to walk alongside like other parents that had serious like their kids had serious health problems or like ongoing health problems was also really humbling and um but also no it's just it's such a strange thing because I mean I'm sure you're getting it a lot with all these interviews but um I find it so at least in those first few months I found it so hard talking to normal parents yeah you know like I found it so difficult to just have a conversation because the first question they ask is how old is he or like what is the 
you know, they it always comes back to having to explain Arthur. Your and only then, child is he your first child? Yeah, and so have any like, more children? Yeah, and it's just like I I will be honest. I'll tell people, but a lot of people can't handle that. Yeah, they can't handle that news. And but also, it's not up to you to protect their feelings. You know, it's not up to you to make them not feel bad. Like, yes, your yeah. truth. Can you shush? <laughs> it's so loud. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, that's all right. You're fine. Uh, yeah, no, like it's like... not. It's not up to you to make them feel better about your shitty situation. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's definitely strange uh, it's getting better now it's getting easier to just like I feel more like a normal mum now so I can have those conversations about food and napping and all this sort of stuff but for a while there it's like you guys are complaining and you don't know how hard it could have been like I yeah. would never wish my journey on any of you yeah, but yeah. also I had a friend who um said to me like oh man I wish my baby had come early I'm so over being pregnant and I was like you don't you don't say that to someone who's had a prem baby because it's fucking horrific like it's not sunshine and roses you know like I understand I've had a singleton now I've been fully pregnant it's shit like the end of pregnancy it's hard it's bloody hard work but (laughs) you don't say man I wish I could have my baby early to someone who did have their baby that early you know, it's just not something you say. It's um, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to hear stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but he's doing well. Jethro is doing well. Yeah, you guys, you and Hayes are doing well, as well as you can. As well as we can. No, we. I think we're in a good space. Um, this year I've taken on maybe a little bit more than I can handle. Uh, my maternity leave finally Don't finished. Huh? Don't we always? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I'm starting one tech next week. I'm just doing it part time, but I'm going into counselling because through oh through all of that as well, I've been getting counselled through um True Colors. Yeah. Um, Rosie's amazing. Love her. Um and um I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years now but this just it felt like the right time I was like well I'm I can probably put that in right there's only two papers a semester at the moment I've also um, decided to go back to study so I feel you oh yeah but mine's, what are you thinking uh one year postgrad in ECE oh no nice. now I'm like so I've got three kids I've got to study I've got to like have home I've got to do the podcast I'm like it's fine it's fine. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Totally fine. <laughs> I don't know why my voice has gone high and squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to keep busy. You do. Right? You do. I feel like this past, like for me, this past month has probably been pretty, like has been hard a little bit because I haven't been busy. Like I've been prepping to get busy, but I haven't necessarily started the busy yet yeah yeah but it's like you do need the busy yeah you need to have something to get yourself out of bed <sighs> apart from your kids because they will obviously <laughs> you're fine yeah um do you still were you ever in the multiples group on facebook um i was yeah because i went on there to talk yeah 
I went on there initially because because of the whole like 20 have to be in hospital from 26 weeks um and because we we're stressing about finances I went on there to be like has anyone else had to do this how did you guys handle it because there was no government extra government support um so I was on there and then I removed myself and then when we did the um oh gosh that's a whole nother thing we did um the yeah the interview with the paper but that was brought on because my brother-in-law did a a give a little page for us right and so that got us some money because we've been saying that we're in you know we're struggling um and I brought this up for a reason um yeah the give a little page blah blah because of that interview which was really cool we're also getting to like talk through the whole thing beginning to end with someone again um a couple weeks after it had happened um and I brought this up for a reason what was your question oh the multiples that's right and then because of that a lot of people actually reached out to me and you know people that had lost multiples themselves and then I got added to like a bereaved multiples group on Facebook um so I'm part of that now and that's really great because it means that if I I mean like I've got his you know one year coming up soon and I'm like I have no idea what to do like how did other people handle this yeah yeah Um, yeah. so it's really nice because it's very niche you know like having lost one multiple is a very niche sort of specific sort of bereavement and grief and um it is really nice having people that I can reach out to if yeah yeah to your exact situation and the exact things that you're going through yeah um, people have lost babies and they will understand the loss but they won't understand still having your like your angel twins baby still here that you have to parent and be there for so yeah yeah because I can only imagine how freaking difficult that must be and yeah you, do you talk about Arthur with Jethro? Well, I mean, he can't. Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> we, that's the plan. We're never going to, like, have it be a secret from him. Yeah. Um, when he is able to talk. Well, understand. I'm actually really keen. Yeah, when he's able to understand, we're definitely going to have that from the get-go. Um, something that actually... <laughs> It's funny that details that come up when you start talking about it. Um, Hayes himself was actually a a like surviving twin. Mm-hmm. So we but he didn't find out until he was like 14. Wow. His parents didn't tell him. Um yeah. And so I think it was just I don't know what they were thinking. I've never actually talked to them about it, but she I did well, I did talk to her about how she thought it like she was pregnant and then she bled and like lost you know a little fetus and so but she didn't realize it was twins and so she thought that she'd just miscarried um and then when the pregnancy kept going obviously she realized that it was Mm. a twin um and it was before they had kind of the technology that they have now um but I don't know why she never told him I think he found out like when his dad was drunk (laughs) I think like I think you mentioned it like just a not a great time yeah. um but because of that we're gonna make sure that he knows 
from the get-go I think it's important um and actually I looked up that there's like kids books you can get cool that explain the specific situation because I love the um early bird book um not that we've read you know he's not quite there yet but we've got that for that situation but then we can also have I'm really keen to get some books that explain his specific twin loss situation as well um yeah so it's definitely going to be part of him um we're wanting to get some ash jewelry as well haven't gone around to it yet but um and get him a necklace for when he's old enough to be able to wear it um so he can have a little bit of Arthur with him wherever he goes very nice yeah yeah um yeah I'm glad you guys are you know trucking on and doing well and Jethro is happy and healthy and again I'm so sorry for your loss and everything you went through it's it's horrific it's truly truly horrific so it wasn't fun um but I really like I really appreciate even just getting to talk to you about it again because that was something I wish I'd had uh, which I'm sure you're hearing a lot is um I mean I th- when did you guys when did you start this podcast August August we left in August yeah. like we we got discharged in August so um I actually did start listening to uh, Sarah Clooney yeah um I started listening to her one and I actually got triggered I was just like I can't you know like I was it was it's such a great resource and I wish I'd had it when I was in, up in the unit yeah. but I was it like it's soon. there's a, soon. I've had a couple of episodes around baby loss and actually last week's episode was a twin a twin loss as well but oh. obviously it's um yeah it's hard to listen to regardless if you've been through it or not so I hope that one day you'll be able to listen without it with it helping you rather than hurting you yeah well yeah doesn't have to be in five years I think I'm probably in the place now where I could and I think it's going to be it's going to be important for my counseling you know like for to make sure that I work through all of this which I've been trying to do but it's hard it's hard to grieve and process when you've also got a little baby yeah they're bloody hard work eh? like everyone's like yeah it's really hard but they don't actually tell you like the depths of the hardness (laughs) children uh yeah we love them (laughs) they're so hard but they're so worth it like Jethro he's such a great kid you know like um obviously we're seeing all the like pros now of being in the NICU like he sleeps really well oh my god a lot yes. of the time my uh, were, like they were sleeping through the night from about 14 weeks old and I was like this is bliss like, it's so good Angus the singleton he only started sleeping through the night after he turned one I was like this oh. is hell <laughs> I was in such a like false sense of security thinking yeah my kids my kids are great sleepers nah he's the devil he wouldn't nap he'd wake up like 10 times a night it was awful uh, oh the twins man sleep anywhere like you'd put them down on the floor and if they were tired they'd go to sleep he needed like specific white noise and a completely black room and a certain swaddle uh-huh oh jethro hates being swaddled he loves stretching out i remember i used to pick him up in the in the incubator yeah. and he would just like do this massive yeah. back bend and like you have to legally, legally you have to say oh big stretch yes yeah you do eh? big stretch legally yes it's le- it's you you're fined if you don't <laughs> jail straight to jail 
Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for chatting with me and for sharing your story and sharing Arthur and obviously Jethro. It was so lovely talking to you. And I hope that, I hope that you guys continue to go upwards and go down. Yeah. No, I think we're doing well. This is we're doing all right. I think we're doing fine. Good, good. So that was Jamie's story, um, sharing with us what she went through with her pregnancy. Obviously, we never touched on it um, when we were talking, but she had MCMA twins. So that means that the twins shared one sac and one placenta. So obviously very high risk. As she said, cord entanglement was um, their kind of top risk. And then obviously TTTS, which is twin twin transfusion syndrome, where they because they're sharing a placenta, they don't get the same nutrients. Um, so there are three types of twins. There are MCMA that Jamie had. There are MCDA. So there's one placenta and two sacs, um, which we've had a few MCDA twin stories. And then there are DCDA twins, which are what mine are. And that's where there are two sacs, two placenta, usually fraternal. So the lower risk, um, the lowest risk pregnancy. So Obviously, they knew straight away, finding out they were having Momo twins, MCMA twins, that it was going to be a really hard pregnancy, and they knew the risks, but unfortunately, they did fall into that um, category of the worst risk of all, and they lost they lost Arthur, but Jethro's doing really well. Jamie and Hayes seem to be doing really well, despite everything they went through, so as I said to her at the end there, I hope that one day she's able to listen to you know, her episode and previous episodes um, without being triggered and find them helpful rather than hurtful. And ultimately, that's my goal for everyone. For everyone listening, that if you have been through, you know, loss or NICU or what's something else I've spoken about, heart conditions or, you know, genetic conditions, that this podcast will help you through it rather than make it harder for you so that's my goal and I'm rambling now so I will (laughs) sign off I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode as much as you can with the shit circumstances in it um we will be back on Saturday with another episode and yeah chat soon bye